Hello and welcome to White Centipede Noise Podcast. I'm Oscar Brummel and today my guest is Peter Oyala of the project Nuori Veri from Finland. If you're a fan of this show, please support it at patreon.com slash white centipede noise. Patreon supporters get exclusive access to bonus WCN TV content, the Maniac Circle Discord server, mail order discounts and giveaways, and much more. my guest today of the Finnish, I won't classify it right now, project Nuori Veri. Welcome, Piri. Hello, and thanks for the invite. I'm a big fan of the podcast, so it's nice to be on it. Cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for meeting with me this evening. That's very cool. Um, So, Nori Veri is a very unique project that I could probably try to describe a lot about, and people who have heard it probably know a lot about its uniqueness and a little bit what it's about, maybe. But um, can you just briefly describe Nori Veri in your words before I start asking you more about it? Yeah, Nori Veri is a one-man experimental slash noise project from a small village in southeast Finland. It's like field recordings out of tune, piano loops, some vocals, feedback, stuff like that. Okay. So th- that's a pretty modest description of it. Um because the the atmosphere and the and, and the the aesthetics and the sounds and the topics of Noriveri that come through are definitely very notable. So, you know, rural is the first word that I think comes to mind. It's pretty general, but that that word rural electronics, rural music, experimental music is often used. But can you tell me, um, you know, first of all, what what concepts does Noriveri deal with? Well, uh, there is no, like, strict concept although i think the aesthetic both visually and sound wise is at least may seem pretty uniform so to speak but there's like uh desolation of the countryside 
like like natural decay and also man's relation to nature animals plants uh, a bit of family history a bit of finnish history even and some kind of i would say yearning to find a meaning other than just surviving like running through life even a yearning to find something one might say spiritual or holy uh, trying not to sound too pretentious but uh, you get the idea maybe yeah is that something that you are consciously trying to do through the music or is the music more just kind of about that well uh if I could put these things into clear, direct sentences, I wouldn't perhaps be making albums about it. So <laughs> it's my way yeah. of approaching these things that are hard to uh, put into words. Sure. Um, I was noticing recently, well, I'm listening here, right before you came, I was listening to this this CD Vakalmus, which I believe is a, this is a reissue, correct? Or it's a, it's a, it's, it's a repressing of the first tapes, is that correct? Yeah, it's actually the first two tapes and one bonus track. Exactly. Um, and I noticed on the disc, there is um, like this Animal Liberation logo. Like you know the the animal fist and the human fist, um, what 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 role does the concept of animal liberation have in your project, and how does that tie into kind of rural agricultural life as you live it? Well, uh, I put the symbol there for the listener to have some kind of clue what the songs might be about. There is no like. Uh, clear or direct ideological content in the lyrics per se but I think my values and worldview shine through the tracks somehow and I'm yeah. not all the way vegan for example myself so I'm no saint it's also there as a reminder for myself about things I should be focusing on. Well, I'm a long-time vegetarian, but but uh, songs don't have any like direct content about those topics. Of course, the animal sounds and stuff are there, but yeah, yeah, amazing animal sounds, amazing, really great blending of like growling sounds with growling of tape distortion and manipulation. Really, really well done. I re- awesome um, so you you are from a small village right is that is that then pretty rural where you live and is that where you grew up as well yeah only like a couple dozen people living in the village I live in now and and my home village is too pretty small grew up on a farm and now I've been living on my grandparents' 
old farm light more or less permanently for a few years now. Do you work on the farm? Are you like a farmhand? Well, not really. I do some some work related to farming, but that's not my main profession. Out now on Absurd Exposition, Zenta Sustained, Serpent Track Patterns 12-inch, new 2022 material from the cult collaborative project between Ryan Bloomer and Sam McKinley. Forthcoming Absurd Exposition CDs from Dodge Jones Rage, Neural, Fold, and Rasalka, with many more releases planned for 2023 and beyond. Plus, over 2,000 items currently in stock at Scream and Ride Distro, a Montreal-based source for experimental electronics, harsh noise, etc., offering affordable shipping worldwide. Visit ScreamingRide.com for ultimate noise power. Okay. Um, so this is the question I ask all people pretty much, is how did you get into, discover noise or get into noise? But I think with you it's even more like maybe a, a mystery because if you're living in a very you know small, small remote villages pretty much your whole life, I guess. How how do you discover, you know, industrial music, experimental music, punk, whatever it is? I mean, how does that, how did that come? Well, uh, through the internet, of course, but <laughs> I think uh, I've been into underground stuff since a teenager. And uh, when I was like 18, 19, I was heavily into sludge, doom, black metal, stuff like that. And I started to see these fascinating obscure titles on the same distro lists I was ordering records from. Uh, like uh, labels like Cult of Nihilo, Freak Animal, to mention a few. So I think, mm-hmm. I think uh, it came, came through that. Don't remember exactly, but I've been like more heavily into noise and experimental only for five or six years, although I've owned some mm-hmm. records before, but they've been like an oddity in my collection. Sure. Were you able to connect with people at an age at that time when you were discovering this stuff, or was it like just purely through the mail orders and the distros and stuff like that? Well, uh, I went to gigs, so... I knew knew and met people from time to time and played drums in bands and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, lots of uh, long car trips through Finland on the weekends. Yeah. Nice. That seems to be more common there, I guess that I mean it's it is seems to be such a spread out and isolated country that with still such a strong scene but it's a lot of people kind of very far away in very isolated corners that get together for gigs, but like really have to go far. It's not just like, oh, hey, walk down, take the train down to the to the corner bar and everyone's hanging out and having a beer and you can have a noise show. It's like, it seems to be more, much more uh, traveled commitment. Yeah, that's true. But if you're into into it enough it doesn't really bother me sure um so you mentioned kind of you know field recordings kind of some of the basic elements that occur in your music but can you talk a bit more about 
your sonic approach with Noriveri because you're using, like we've mentioned, animal sounds. Um, the word rural gets used a lot. You know, there's natural sounds. Yet, you know, it's rural and organic, but it's not primitive. It's not like, it's 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 quite well produced. I wouldn't say it's clean, clean, but it's it's the production is is good and clear. It's not some you know mega lo-fi kind of thing. So, can you tell me about about your your compositional process, your how you choose sounds that you put together, and what what your goal is with them? Yeah, um, I don't have uh, a fixed recording setup that would be like ready to go all the time so when I get an idea I usually write a note I have these notebooks full of different kind of plans that maybe like 70% get actualized into into actual tracks but mostly it's like I may have full track list of a tape when I start compiling the tracks. I also collect sounds if I hear an interesting, like a creaking door or whatever, like icy puddles, uh, crackling, stuff like that. And then at some point I decide to start the actual recording. I do it mostly using the reel-to-reel recorders built-in amp and speaker it has this Mm. really like muddy sound and then I might use the recordings I have made as a source loop them or something but mostly I do like I would call it pretty primitive myself I will do contact mic stuff maybe like crushing some dried plants or uh, moving around broken pots or stuff like that and and also I record a lot of feedbacks I have a few different mics like a detached guitar mic and stuff like that and I use a lot of delay reverb pitch shifter with the feedbacks and I also use quite a bit a portable zoom recorder and I think the sound is a bit flat and it's also a bit too easy to walk around with the recorder so oftentimes I sort of circulate those sounds from the zoom to the reel-to-reel so I may dabble with the tape speed and stuff like that and record it again from the built-in speaker. After that, I start to compile the tracks with an old tabletop computer, and the last part is uh, the vocals. So that's like the basic formula. Okay. Are you looking at them like... Are you looking at them like industrial works and then you know kind of like with maybe a rhythm and kind of a main line a bass line and then vocals 
do you have sort of a do you have sort of a formula or a or a or a framework that you follow? Well, uh, not really uh, consciously, at least. I think I've been going more towards sometimes a very like skeletal approach. There's some songs with only the piano loop and yelling and and, and tracks like that. Yeah. I don't have, uh, for example, always like a bassy track, a rhythmic track, or anything like that. Actually, the guy from the project Iainen said when he was mastering Kadonut Maailmankuva, he said that there's basically no bass at all. <laughs> So it varies yeah. a lot. When you you when you choose to use these certain sound sources, you know you said animals, of course, um, ponds, ice, trees, branches. What what's your reasoning behind choosing such sources? Is it simply that that's the environment you live in or, or what is what is behind that because you're not you know you could do what everyone else does and you could pick up some junk metal and 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 that kind of thing you could find that i'm sure where you are too so what is behind that decision well uh, i think i haven't really thought about that so much but the sound sources come from my immediate surroundings so it's uh and also part of it is like conceptual. I think I may have mentioned somewhere that I use these like contact mic crackle through a distortion pedal and it was made with the grain from the field nearby. It could have been like any sound source, mm. any like sand dropped onto the contact mic and the pedal. But to me, it's important that they the sound sources have some connection to me or what I'm trying to do so it's also inspiring there's so so much great junk metal noise already I think so why should I do mediocre <laughs> junk metal stuff <laughs> yeah when you're when you're using such sources and and content you know you call it conceptual is there any personal experience in the recording beyond the concept of it that also makes that valuable um, for you what do you mean by personal experience well i mean is the does the recording process of using such tools have also a special significance or is it really? kind of more of a, a a method just to 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 follow up with an idea uh, of course it all sort of focuses on realizing the idea but it has to feel somehow meaningful 
not just like making random noise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you've used one, one very, very notable part about your work um, is not only the vocals that are kind of, you know, barked, shouted, but the spoken word parts. And I, I, I really, really, really love the way you use that. Like the beginning of the, sorry, I'm going to butcher the name. Kadunot Mailmankuva. The beginning of that album is like, it's like you just say the title, which to me is really, really powerful. How did how did you arrive at that concept of using text in that way? Are you do you have an interest in poetry and and, and literature? Well, yeah, and I guess I'm a kind of text oriented guy. Overall, I I always had played the drums in bands, and despite of that, I think I always had many ideas, but I couldn't like compose a song. So I wrote lyrics for the bands I was playing in, and that was sort of my my way of expressing the ideas I had. I think Kadonut Maailmankuva has like maximum amount of lyrics Nuori Veri is going to have. There's just so much human voice on that album. I think I'm going to do something different next, but yeah, it's the texts are very important to me and they're in Finnish because my English vocabulary wouldn't like the range is so much smaller I think I I couldn't like convey the same the thoughts in, in the same way Does the sound of the Finnish language also play a role in why you decide that? I mean, if like if you could Say the same, do the same thing in English, would you? Or is the sound of the Finnish language important? I think I haven't thought about the sound so much as a native Finnish speaker, but it's the language I use for thinking and dreaming and and so on. So it was like a natural choice for a project so personal as Nuori Veri. Can you then tell me a little bit about what the lyrics, for example, to that album are about? If you, is, the, is, is there one theme to the whole album, or is it a collection of different themes? Well, uh, the project is like a tool for thinking and sort of, sort of also um, going through my worldview and the changes it has gone through. So Kadonut Maailmankuva translates as the lost worldview. So part of it is like a sort of frustration and anger towards the very shallow and consumerism-based world we live in sort of basic stuff, angry young man (laughs) yelling things. But then it's also like a 
sort of personal crisis because my own views have changed quite a lot over the years and at times I've been sort of adrift. When you're 20 you think you know like with a rock-solid certainty how the world works and what what your values are and what you should be doing but then you so start to sort of question everything and I don't want to like fall too deep into my nihilistic tendencies I, I would like to have a more like constructive worldview so it's it's thoughts around that and also the the farm life is kind of part of it to some extent I've made the decision not to continue running the family farm myself so there's all the thoughts that are involved in that that also is it an album where you feel like you have closure or or resolution from the topics personally or is it something you're still struggling with well i think the topics are so large that uh, more or less all Nuoriveri releases, at least up to this point, have been dealing with the sort of same topics, but from different angles and with different focuses. What is, I mean, if you if you if you would would, what has changed in your worldview since you were in your twenties? Well, uh, I used to be a, like a really straightforward atheist and a pacifist, and I don't think I'm neither <laughs> anymore. I've had, for a few years, uh, not to sound like too, too new agey here, but as I mentioned, I've had this yearning for, for a genuine like spiritual experience and I don't mean like in the context of organized religion not even necessarily in a context of anything like really pagan it doesn't like the term doesn't feel too natural to me mm-hmm. and also Nuoriveri has like hinted towards some Finnish war history. It's a really fascinating topic to me and also also my grandfather was a soldier in the Winter War and stuff like that, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't go to the army myself. At that time, I had very different thoughts about that topic. Mm-hmm. When did it start changing? When did you start feeling this yearning to change? or to, Well, you said a, a yearning for a, a spiritual experience after being an atheist for a long time. When did you start experiencing that? Do you know what might have started that? Well, uh, I don't know if I'm aware of a, like a certain point 
or events that would have triggered it. I think I've always always been interested in <clears throat> uh, mythologies and religions, although I've also opposed them like really, <laughs> really strongly mm -hmm. at some point. Maybe those like old interests came back in a way, mm -hmm. like six, seven years ago. But you don't have As any I idea said, what... Sorry? Do you have any idea what what might have started that, them coming back? Well, not really. As I said, uh, I make tapes about these things. <laughs> and there's a reason yeah. for that. I don't have a, like a yeah. clear picture of, of everything myself. For sure. Um, how how are your feelings about pacifism and you know Finnish position in geopolitics? Has that changed at all since since the war in Ukraine started? Yeah, definitely it it has had effect on my thinking. I think. Mm, the problem for me with pacifism was like you sort of give the mandate for someone else to use the violence. I'm not still pro-violence in any way, but I sort of recognized that some people have to use it in the world to maintain some kind of sort of, this might sound naive, but sort of lawful order. And yes, uh, I have been thinking some people just have to do what they have to do, for example, in Ukraine. There's like no no like luxury of choice there. Right. Yeah. Um, do you consider... Nori varied to be an industrial project when you when you know in the term industrial do you classify that yeah well uh, I don't use the word industrial too much myself I think it has like meanings and history that I'm not too well aware of for me it's more natural to call it experimental or even noise, even though it's not that noisy. Not noisy enough for the harsh heads, I think. But yeah, <laughs> it, you could call it industrial. Uh, the guy from the day of the antler, who has become a friend of mine during the recent years, yeah. he uses the term rural industrial, which I find funny. Yeah. It's sort of a paradox when you think about like... Yeah. Of course, there's uh, industrial aspects to country life. The tractors are made in factories and there is machinery and stuff like that. But when you think about like this idyllic rural uh, view, it's quite different from the industrial aesthetic. But I, I think it's a quite clever term. 
I think he, yeah. it was um, he wrote his stuff is like true stagnating rural industrial to be precise. <laughs> true stagnating rural industrial. That's funny. Yeah. Do you, do you think industrial is uh, a worldview or an ideology or do you think it's just an aesthetic or what do you think defines industrial when people say industrial culture or industrial music even? I don't think it has any like set worldview. But it uh, sure has great potential for like combining elements that may be seen as opposite or like unfitting together. There's the transgression and sort of going beyond the conventions of pop music, for example. And sort of, I think I I value the fact that it is pretty much purely non-commercial also. I think those are some of the key points of industrial for me. Finland has a very, very rich noise in industrial scene and history. And there is, you know, common things that kind of get seen as typical of Finland um, and uh, first of all are there any specific artists or or individuals that really influenced you in your early days or do influence you now in your um, not necessarily development of your sound but in your exploration of your sound uh, well, when it comes to Nuori Veri, I think uh, the initial influences are pretty much Swedish, actually. Hmm. Uh, when we talk about certain Swedish projects, we have this term, woolly sock noise. It sort of <laughs> means that it isn't like this in-your-face blasting, but more like subtle crackles and like weird warped field recordings and stuff. You know, I'm talking about stuff like the Jartegnet label did. Projects like yeah. Alter Flies, Ette Stupa, yeah. Arve et Milieu, Alformania even. Stuff yeah. like that. I think those have influenced me quite a bit. And also mm-hmm. some Finnish acts too, like Pain Nail, you can see some similarity in the vocal style, for example. Mm-hmm. In, you know, if there is a common theme or co- common spirit to Finnish noise and industrial, do you think some of that comes from the, the country itself? Or do you think that's more from kind of the artists influencing each other? Well, might be the sort of, at least partly, the same influences sort of circulating in the scene. I don't know if I could uh, 
graph the thing that makes the project sound finished because there's so much variety really some acts uh, inspired by Japanese noise almost exclusively I think the scrap metal thing gets mentioned a lot and that's that's quite true almost all of us use it to some extent I think but mm, it's true but that's the same that does get named a lot for Finland but that's something that almost all noise and experimental musicians use to some degree. I mean, scrap yeah. metal is kind of, but there, the, the Finnish, the many Finnish artists do use it in a, in a very specific way, and they very they take they take a lot of care, I think, in how they record it and use it, and you know, oftentimes miking it in very specific and careful ways, not just like bashing it and distorting it till you can't recognize what it is. Yeah, might be. And, and one thing about the Finnish scene, I think the same has been said about some Finnish black metal bands, for example, that the scene is so small that there is very little room for sort of posing. So all of the people who are active are like really genuinely into it. I think yeah. like some some bigger city in Europe might have a scene that's way bigger than the whole Finnish noise scene. So almost everybody knows each other. And it's it's sure. It's kind of honest is the word that comes to mind, I think. Is there do you think much pressure? to exist in the Finnish noise scene because it's also a very high level of quality and I don't know if that just comes from everyone is good and it's just that's just how it is but do you think there's also do you feel there's more pressure from your peers to be good and maybe also criticism if you aren't I mean do you feel like people are very welcoming just from hey you want to make noise come on in or are people more kind of like well make sure it's good well, I think uh, the guys I'm in contact with are leaning more towards the critical approach, so to speak. So, yeah, I might send a track that's unfinished for someone to listen to and ask for comments and stuff like that. So, yeah, that might might influence the quality. And they'll be they'll be honest, and you feel like people will be honest and critical. Yeah, you never know. So, but yeah, I think for the most part. Do you have people reaching out to you for the same thing at this point? I mean, you're a bit newer, I suppose, in the, in the scene, but I think in a short time you've you've established yourself very strongly. Do you have like newer artists or younger artists reaching out to you? Well. Uh... I have a small tape label called Brownhill Mafia with a couple of friends. I think the the contacts or messages I get are mostly related to that, asking for if I could release something more than yeah. comments. Okay. You don't get people from the Finnish scene reaching out to you about your project? Well, uh, 
Yeah, of course, there are some some contacts, but I don't know how to really answer that. Sure. Um, the lyrics to your most recent album, I believe someone sent them to me. Oh, I know someone sent them to me, but I believe he got them from you. Is that is that something that you're willing to do if people reach out to you to share the lyrics? And do you want? Would you ever publish publish the lyrics more clearly so that they could be better understood by an international audience? Yeah, I've been thinking about compiling them into a zine of sorts someday that would maybe have translations. I'm so interested in other projects, lyrics myself, so I find it like flattering that someone would want to know what has what is being said on the tracks. So yeah, I made some mm. pretty crude translations. I think I I sent them to one or two guys that got in touch through the special interests forum. Yeah. Exactly. Um, who are some other power electronics or industrial artists or noise artists who you appreciate their lyrics? Well, I don't know. I've been mostly listening to noise or experimental without lyrics, I think. The, mm -hmm. the lyrics I've been interested in have been in like on the more musical side, mm -hmm. like like actual bands and stuff. But I think, for example, like who? Um, <laughs> well, I hate God. For example, Mike Williams write these mm -hmm. really like sort of twisted beat generation style collage like great texts. Yeah. And also uh, the lyrics of Bardo Pond. It's one of my all-time favorite bands. I think the singer and flutist is a poet of some sorts. How did you end up connecting with Willie Stash from Alsat? I was in touch with Jaakko Vanhala and he recommended the first Nuoriveri tapes to Aussat. And mm. then I sent him some and I think he mentioned that if I would record something new, he would like to hear it. And then I had the first version of Luun ja Auran Synteesi, the third tape. And uh, yep. I made a copy for him and wrote a letter that I'm not sure if I'm going to put it out myself through Brownhill Mafia or what's going to happen. And he said he would like to release it. After that, I'll, I think I changed one or two whole songs, but it's basically the pretty much the same tape I sent to him. Yeah, it's a beautiful tape. And how was it then working with him? Because now you've worked, you've released another album 
on his label and the reissue CD that also recently came out. Yeah. Is that a working relationship that you are satisfied with and you think is going to keep going? Do you, I mean, I, 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 I notice that he works a lot with artists numerous times and seems to really kind of put a lot into specific artists. How is that for you? Yeah, I've, I've been really satisfied with what he's doing and it's like we have a real connection it's not all just sort of business <laughs> of getting the sounds out there but we have many many similar interests and have been in touch quite a lot i really appreciate what he does and has put his time and energy into putting my stuff out. I think I'm going to going to put also the future albums out through Outside if it's fine by him. Yeah. Good. I mean he is behind such a also legendary label from the eighties. Yeah, I'm too young Blue to know too much about Cthulhu I am too but I mean I know about it I know about it now in retrospect yeah and it's it's cool to see him really coming back with such a strong well not coming back but you know doing this continuing on with a really strong label that's also very very focused and personal and and yeah he follow, I really respect that he follows exactly what he what he loves and he has a good good ear and good taste and he doesn't doesn't hype things up he's yeah really respect really yeah and I hope he's on the podcast soon I've I've been asking him so I, th I think it'll happen sometime soon yeah you should do an episode have you met him, him have you met him in person yeah oh unfortunately not but uh, there have been some plans maybe someday I should yeah play live in Germany or something like that yeah, definitely. He lives not far from me, and we've we've talked about meeting. Okay, so, and we will eventually. Maybe maybe if you do, then maybe we can all. Yeah, maybe maybe we can organize a gig, really, or something like that. That'd be that'd be excellent. Yeah. I still haven't um, come up with a sort of plan how to do Nori very live. I don't want it to be like this. Oh, really? Noise karaoke thing with a guy showing up with the reel-to-reel -reel recorder and yelling on top of that. Uh, maybe I'll need, like, one or two guys to help me out with the live thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I think there's a lot of great potential. I mean, considering your 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 sources and your, and your concepts and everything behind it, there's a lot of great potential for... Um, dynamic sound performance, but also performing it in a powerful way, I think you can definitely do much more than just the vocals and the, and the playback, for sure. Are there any people that you would consider being members or playing with you at this point? Yeah, I think uh, sort of the obvious guys. I'm, I'm doing other projects or stuff with uh, I think if I would have to pick 
here and now Lare from Residual and VU could be yeah. a live member and also Pekka from Iainen. He has also helped me a lot with mastering Nuoriveri and putting the covers together, doing some photography and stuff like that. And are those guys both involved in Brownhill Mafia? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. I've also been doing this tape series called Liminal Archaeology with Pekka, which is heavily concentrated on like magnetic tape experiments. Mm. And also this other thing called mongrel tactics with Lare, which yeah. is sort of like survivalism inspired electronics. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Tell me about Brownhill Mafia because that's a label I've been kind of in contact with for a number of years, but it's it's one of the you know it's one of the rare labels that's run by multiple people. So I I guess I didn't realize until just now that you were all that you were also part of running that. Because I mean I've I've talked about it in the podcast. I think the first episode I talked about with with, with Ilka no with Vilho I talked about it is like sometimes for an American it's it's like keeping Finnish names and project names and different online aliases etc etc clear like clear can be very uh, challenging. So I remember Lare is from Brownhill Mafia. I also doing VU, but I, yeah, like I said, I didn't know you were involved. And how does that how does that label run? And what what's you guys' history with the label? And how do you approach it? I think me and Jesse from Metsäkirkko are the main guys. And Lare and Pekka and Timo are helping us out. Uh, I don't remember how many years we've been doing it, but we put out quite a lot of tapes, mainly just tapes. Mm-hmm. And we had also our own podcast which had interviews in Finnish about the artists that we put out. Also, we did this small documentary film, Hymni Tulelle, A Hymn to Fire, which has been subtitled to English and can be watched on YouTube if someone is interested. It's pretty much just uh, started as putting out Sludge Doom psychedelic rock stuff like that but in the recent years it's been exclusively experimental sounds more noisy stuff more like strange tapes yeah and i remember the the vu hare split was maybe not the actual comeback of hare but i felt like that was when i notice Hari again after him kind of being silent for some time and that was such a great tape and then all of a sudden he was you know I think that one year 2020 he released like five albums and they were all excellent you know and I think I remember it starting with that with that split tape at least for me you know I just saw Hari live for the first time 
this past summer. It was pretty good, mm. like this Tangerine Dream type of stuff. Psychedelic cool. guitar feedback and some oscillations. Yeah. Did he have other members with him? Because when he talked to me, he was talking about doing it like a band, like more like a three-piece band maybe even. Yeah. There was supposed to be Janne Martinkauppi, who is the like, uh, like more of more permanent live member, but he had some mm-hmm. some issues. I don't know, but Antti Klemi of Absolute Key was helping Ilka out on that gig. Cool, that's very cool. Is uh, Brownhill Mafia something that you see continuing on into the future and developing into more, or is it? kind of a just a continuing side project well uh, there have been times I've been feeling a bit burnt out I've been doing this underground thing most of my life so and had so many like bands and projects podcasts and everything that at the moment I think we won't be putting tapes out too actively but like two tapes a year is fine quality over quantity type of thing we are like in no hurry it's it's more of a way of life type of thing fetishistic approach to tape what are you working on or what what will be the next noir very release do you have an album in the works well, uh, I think I mentioned I do these notes. I have a notebook filled with plans for the upcoming Nuori Veri. But I think I'm at a point that I don't want to sort of make the same record over and over again. I don't want it to become like too uniform. There has to be like real experimentation. Mm-hmm. So... I've decided to start recording next spring because the old cow shed I use for recording is too cold (laughs) in the winter. Mm. And I've assembled some new, not gear, but new stuff I will use. So I'm trying to do something a bit bit different next. But there is nothing like really recorded only a few few like few sounds I wanted to ask you when you mentioned your notebook um, and you know you, you do you do these notes and ideas are those more sonic notes sonic ideas or is it conceptual things is it is anything that's like separated from the process itself like drawings or 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 writings well, that's separate from the final product? It's mostly track titles and sonic ideas. Mm-hmm. I may have a note that says, do a track with only a piano loop and power electronics type of yelling. Mm-hmm. Or I may have a note about turning the final product more muddy, add more tape, hiss, mm-hmm or something mm-hmm. like that sort of like 
make everything sound warped or, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or then it might be something even more concrete that I should record the sharpening of a scythe or something like that. Have you used the sharpening of a scythe on a, on a record before? Yeah, I think it was on Baka almost two, maybe. Are you able to list some of the other sounds that we've heard on those records that pe- maybe people don't know where they came from, that came from interesting sources? Well, uh, I can't remember the names of the plants in English, but on the bonus track of the Vakaumus re-release, the contact mic crackle is is actually me uh, crumbling up dried plants. Yeah. Sources like that. Yeah. Jumping on icy puddles or sort of massaging gravel with a piece of wood. Sort of like Jeff German type of action. Yeah. Yeah. What about like, um, I feel like there's also some machinery in there. Yeah, recordings. I think a harvester on on soundtrack. Mm Hmm. Is that what that is? Yeah. Would you consider ever doing a a performance that was acoustic? Maybe like really not in a amplified situation. Well, I think. The loops are so crucial that I would have to have some sort of electricity at least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe it's 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 an interesting idea. A guy running around in a barn, you know, it's, making sounds. It's it re- it would require a lot of stage presence I think and, and commitment to it to not have it you know t- to carry it over but I think it's I think it would be could be brilliant yeah um with the musical elements is there any specific thing that the musical loops are attempting to achieve or create because I always I always think it's a notable I mean I I do like to think of mu- of noise or whatever this experimental music as music, but it is no but but I notice but there's a s- definite break when you introduce like actual melodic harmonic things, especially when they are you know related to whatever um, my music theory is out the window, but like you know related to actual chords, major minor chords and things like that. Is there a specific reason? That you use those in those certain spots. Well, uh, to me, the out of tune piano evokes emotion. I think it sort of has this bit old timey or dreamy feel, sort of eerie, wistful. I don't know what word I'm trying to trying to sort mm-hmm. of find here, but yeah, sure. It sort of makes the tracks feel a bit cinematic to me. 
do you think those kinds of emotions are possible to achieve without tonal elements, without mel melodic elements? With like yeah, pure definitely. noise, for example? Definitely, but I'm not skilled enough yet to do it without the piano. But yeah, I think that's one of the great things in noise that it has so much like artistic potential nuance and you can go beyond the conventions like major and minor chords or any anything like that so yeah definitely and still create the emotion I, that is the difficult part i think i think is that like that is the difficult part is that sometimes it gets i mean usually it gets more and more abstracted and non-emotional so i'm always very curious about the ability to create emotion while not using melodic elements and i think you know certain things do in your music also like even like even the voice i think like the voice the way you use at the beginning is abstract for me i don't know you know for me it's it's just it's just sound it's just vocal sounds but it has a very strong musical emotional impact yeah i think the voice is an interesting instrument i do listen to a lot of like american rap music and the, mm -hmm. on some of the songs the subject matter might be sort of alienating to me or i might right. not know what the slang words mean or anything like that right. but uh, i think the tone of the voice and the rhythm and stuff like that can really carry a track far yeah. you don't have to know exactly it's what is powerful. being said yeah exactly that's true it's very true are there any other releases that are on the way besides a new album that you might be planning or is there are you just are you just recording for the next album right now uh, no Nuoriberi releases in the limbo at the moment. Uh, this year has been sort of a cleansing of the table for me. As I said, I've been doing so many things. Some might not even have my name on them, but I've been trying to sort of limit myself a bit to not uh, put my creativity into too many different outlets. At the moment, I'm focused on writing a book with another experimental uh, artist from Finland, Jazz Hand. The book has nothing to mm. do with noise or experimental, but... Well, it's, it's sort of experimental in terms of text. But yeah, cool. that's in the works. And new Nuoriberi and... Probably Metsäkirkko recordings next year. Which one? Which project? Metsäkirkko. That's a forest church in English. It's this uh -huh. duo I'm in with Jesse Niemi. It's sort of... Somebody said to me that it sounded a bit like Met Gumnerbone. I don't know how to pronounce uh -huh. it, but... <laughs> sort of folky but not actual music it's like more mm -hmm. 
weird. Mm -hmm. Cool. Great. Well, then, I would ask you at this time if you can tell me your top five noise experimental or industrial releases of all time. This is a really tough one. Uh, and I think my list might be a bit blasphemous. It doesn't have any classics really, but albums I've <laughs> listened to That's quite cool. a bit. Uh, I think the list had to have some Swedish artist. It could have been uh -huh. something else also, but I picked a record put out by Jär Teknet. It's Ettestypas Vatnet Rugsei Tilbaka Sternarna Plev Sunliga. I don't think, I don't know if it's the best Ettestypa record, but it's, I think, the least musical, so it could fit a noise experimental list. Uh -huh. Really okay. great project. Sort of like ominous ambience. Yeah. Pretty quiet and sort of there's a lot of air and subtle loops and stuff like that. Mm. Cool. Mm. Then I picked Arcane Facture by Jeff oh. German, a CD you put out. It's yeah. the kind of stuff I could listen to all day. I just like the yeah. organic Love sounds that. of rocks and yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. actually it's very even, it's amazing. Yeah. Although there's definitely this scraping going on all the time, I still find it soothing. It's very soothing. It's like rain. Yeah. Then uh, a pretty recent release, Salainen Diktatuuri by Pain Nail. I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of Pain Nail and, and they have their own pretty sinister sort of religious thing going on. Mm -hmm. I think I listened to that album like eight times the week it came out. There's like no filler tracks and yeah. there's loops that get stuck into your head. Mm. Strong vocals, interesting subject matter about mystic things. Cool. Then I have Here Be Lions by Jaakko Vanhala. Yeah. I have both the tape and the CD repress, I think. Had to have the tape. I'm, I'm really into, into noise tapes. Great, great stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, masterfully executed. And I'm, I don't listen to that harsh stuff too much. But when I do, I, like, I really like it lots of stuff happening and this mm -hmm. great tension. I think this sort of yeah. unexplainable tension is an element I look for 
in an experimental record. Really good. Is that something you're conscious about putting in your music? Tension? Yeah, well, maybe yes. There's sort of the tension between the beautiful piano passages and like nasty feedback and stuff like that. So maybe yeah. Yeah. There definitely is, yeah, there definitely is. Then I picked um sixth mass extinction by Dave Phillips. Mm-hmm. This is also really like true art, incredible dynamics, really quiet parts, and then mm. really loud bangs and animal sounds, and also important subject matter. Yeah, definitely. Also great presentation with this newspaper-like insert stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. And I think I have to mention one one bonus thing for the list. Was that was Gas that effect. how many was that? That was five already, I think. Was that f- this that is the sixth. Already? Okay. Yeah. Uh Mass Defect by Government Alpha. This is the first noise tape I ever bought. It was put out by a Finnish obscure labor, Erratic Sporadicism. And I just, I think I saw this somewhere and it just looked so fascinating that I had to have it, although I didn't know how it sounded like. But And that was the gateway? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's excellent. Cool. Well, erratic sporadicism tapes aren't they that label that they did? They did a lot of really elaborate packaging on stuff, right? Yeah, they had this all sorts of all sorts of like uh, rubber or leather yeah. packaging with a piece of a chain and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I remember they were for a while really active. I mean, haven't released anything in a long time, but for a while they were doing big batches, like multi- many tapes at once. Yeah. Um, and also large editions, like I think like 100, at least it would say like 150 or something like that. And the packaging was just really, really elaborate. And I just I was thinking, God, someone, there must have been a team of people that it must have taken forever to put this all together. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. Good label. Must have taken a lot of effort. I actually met the guy behind the label this summer, but I think <coughs> cool. he said that he won't won't uh, be coming back to releasing stuff anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, I can understand. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And what about five new things? If you if you have them five new releases of the past year or so or artists that you're particularly interested in. It doesn't have to be specific releases. Well, uh, I'm constantly broke, so much of my new releases are have come through trades and stuff like that. And many of mm-hmm. them are from That's good. Finnish projects. I also tried not to make this a complete like circle jerk list so 
couldn't list <laughs> couldn't list too many projects by my friends, but I think uh, this free tala or free tala. I don't know how to pronounce it. Time accelerates. Uh-huh. Tape on Sata Tuhatta is really great. I would yeah. like to do something like this with Nuori Veri. It's really muddy. Lots of tape. His, especially the A side is really good. Cool. I think I have that here. I have to, I have to listen to it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I do have it up there. Yep. That'll oh, that'll be going on the on the on right after we talk done talking. Yeah, I recommend it. What about next? Next one. Well, uh, as I said, I really like Altar of Flies, so I have this Barstool Mountain tape yeah. that came out on New Forces. Yeah. I really like a lot of other New Forces releases. Also, this yeah, is just very. The sound is kind of blown out and crunchy. Yeah, I really like the <coughs> mid-range sounds. Mm-hmm. It's nice that he went to a full harsh noise project with that, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> the Ultra Flies records are usually more subtle, except for maybe the triple yeah. LPs. More noisy. <coughs> yeah, maybe. I, th- I mean, I think I don't know. If, I don't know if, how true it is, but I f- think you said that that was kind of like the the stepping stone to doing Barstow Mountain was like the Otterblick triple LP, which is very noisy, quite harsh, and then okay. Barstow Mountain started coming out after that, like full, full on. So that's very cool. <clears throat> yeah, I also. I made a trade with Akti Records. They put out mm-hmm. this oh, yeah. Launau Puutarhassa album, which translates as In the Garden. It has mm-hmm. field recordings of sounds of bees. I'm I'm a sucker for nature sounds. Always works for yeah. me. Yeah. Some synthesizers and insects. It's great stuff. Yeah, it is good. I have that. And, of course, some New Forces stuff. Warlord by yep. Kjostad. Yep. I think I've liked all his albums. I might miss one or two, but just just great stuff. And again, those like crunchy mid-range sounds and Birds and how can you go wrong with that? Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think the last one is more fierce. The CD by Coral Shot Ramshackle. Oh yeah. Yep. This is this is like phenomenal. I really like the yeah. abandoned house aesthetics. They work for me, and it's like, sounds fierce and nasty. Yep. Yeah, simple, but very evocative. Cool. Great. Well, thank you for that list. 
I think getting I think getting things through trades is the best like indicator anyway. That's the best way to source your favorite records. So I think that's yeah naturally going to be get, the favorites. But I think that's you get easily stuck with the sort of old favorites without trading. Yeah, exactly. 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 Trading is important. I like to push that idea and I think even though it's not can't always do it and it's not for everyone and every time I think people shouldn't forget about trading even as things get go forward you you take some risks and you end up with some stuff that isn't so good maybe but it's still you end up with a lot more great surprises and it's a important part of the exchange I think part important part of the whole the whole involvement and the whole culture I think yeah, definitely. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we say our goodbyes here? Anything else to tell us about the project, Nuori Veri, or anything coming up? Well, you not have, really, I think. The album is... Probably both are still available. I hope they're both still available from Aussat. But the... The um, Vakamos is surely still available. I still have some in stock. Kadonut um, Malmankuva may be sold out, but probably also still around. I definitely I think, tell anyone I listening. I think many distros still have it. Yeah. I'll tell people, run, don't walk, and pick that up because it's very, very special, important stuff that they should be paying attention to. You know they already are, but really, really great stuff and different, very different. So, Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and tell me about what you do. Thanks. This and has been fun. <laughs> look forward to hopefully meeting you at a gig in Germany maybe sometime soon. Yeah. Well, maybe not soon, but someday. Okay. Cool, man. All right. Well, take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to White Centipede Noise Podcast, and a big thank you to all Patreon supporters that make this show possible. If you're a fan of the podcast but not currently supporting, head over to patreon.com slash white centipede noise now to check out the many benefits of doing so and find a level that fits you.